Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. What are we going to align our lives with? Because we either align ourselves with God's kingdom or we can align ourselves with Satan's kingdom, but there is no in-between gray area. And what we also have to understand is that the more dialed into and aligned we are with God's kingdom, the more this world actually makes sense. But the less we are connected to God's kingdom, the more and more of this world, well, it doesn't make sense. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. In this series, Pastor Philip will be teaching us that the world we live in is not a playground, but it is a battleground. That battle does not take place against forces we can see, but with forces that are unseen. As we become more in tune with this battle, we will understand how spiritual warfare impacts our soul, family, church, and culture. Most importantly, we will learn how to claim the victory that God has already won for us in Jesus. Please enjoy the message. Now, today we're beginning a sermon series that's entitled Warfare. And with the idea of warfare in mind, I'm reminded of a special group that was commissioned right after the 9-11 tragedy. And this particular group of Special Forces Green Beret soldiers were sent into Afghanistan, and they were led by a man named Mark Nutsky. And Mark Nutsky was selected to be the leader of this group because he, um, because he was known for his unconventional approach to life and to the military. And this battle that they were going to be fighting was very unconventional. And he was only going in there as one of 12 men in this battle. And he was being selected again to fight an enemy that we really weren't all that familiar with because no longer was there going to be an enemy that would necessarily, that would be a nation per se. It was really more going to be some type of terrorist group. And so Mark Nitsky was able to lead this group into battle on horseback, of, the, of all things. And with that, they were able to defeat an opponent that had tanks, and they had rifles while the opponent, these terrorists, had uh, actual missiles. And while there was over a thousand of them, there was only, again, a dozen on Mark Nitsky's special forces team, and they were able to defeat them in a matter of three weeks. Most thought it would take at least six weeks to win that battle if they were able to win it at all. And if they did win it, they were expecting mass casualties of that group that was going in. But instead, Mark did such a good job leading them, they, they suffered no casualties. And they made a point with that victory that we would not allow something like this to happen on American soil again. And 2,000 years ago, there was another unconventional leader who led a group of 12 men into a battle that was very unconventional. And that man would not ride a horse, but he would ride a donkey. And his battle wouldn't last three weeks, but most theologians say it lasted only three days with his death, burial, and resurrection. And the men that he would lead into battle would be men that would actually go forth to change the world. But he didn't fight for a nation. He fought for a kingdom, an eternal one. And as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it is in Jesus Christ, it is through Jesus Christ that we can experience victory. And that is something that we need to be reminded of. 
Because as I've had conversations with some of you, and even with others outside of our church, it seems like people are always trying to, in moments of great maybe emotional distress, they're trying to, in moments of maybe opportunity or frustration, figure out how much of what they're dealing with is a spiritual battle and how much of it is a physical battle and how are they supposed to approach all of it. But at the foundation, what we have to understand is that in Christ, there is always, always victory. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how it is that we can experience that victory. Now, we need to lay sort of a, what I would say, a kingdom foundation to what we're talking about. And this kingdom foundation is, is going to be rather simple for us. And it is this, is that there are two kingdoms. There's God's kingdom and there's Satan's kingdom, which can consist of many, many different things. And you have to and I have to decide what are we going to align our lives with. Because we either align ourselves with God's kingdom or we can align ourselves with Satan's kingdom, but there is no in-between gray area. And what we also have to understand is that the more dialed into and aligned we are with God's kingdom, the more this world actually makes sense. But the less we are connected to God's kingdom, the more and more of this world, well, it doesn't make sense. And actually, we can even have a tendency, as we're going to talk about here in a few moments to have a tendency to struggle with the temptation to think that it's all about us. We want to be lifted up high. We need to be the ones that get the attention to get the acclaim. And that's what a man named King Nebuchadnezzar struggled with way back into the Old Testament. And he had this very disturbing dream. He didn't understand the dream, and so he goes to the, the prophet Daniel, and he says, Daniel, help me understand what this dream means. And Daniel said, well, this is what it means. Because you think you're so great, because you think you're hot stuff, God's going to drive you into insanity until you acknowledge one lesson, one primary truth, and it is this, that ultimately you don't rule, heaven rules. And until we understand that heaven rules what's going on right now and right here, this world and our lives and our emotions and how we interpret everything, it's going to be a bit of a mess. But, but it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like we have victory. It doesn't seem like you know, Jesus has really conquered all. It doesn't seem like, like this war is really over. So what is that exactly all about? Why is it that we still deal with issues in our families and issues in our workplaces? Why is it that we still struggle with so much of what we have going on? What exactly is going on with all of that? Well, I liken it to this. In the Civil War, when Robert E. Lee surrendered and there was a peace treaty that was signed, battles were still being fought. Battles were being fought up until almost six months after Robert E. Lee had surrendered, in fact, because communication hadn't gotten to the people. And so even though the war was over, there were still battles that were raging on. And that is what we deal with in this life. We are dealing with some of those battles that are the after effects of the war that's already been won. And why is that? Well, God, as First Peter or Second Peter tells us, the book of Peter tells us is that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to faith in him. And we have to understand that in the grand scheme of the eternal, while it seems like so much time is passing by, a day is like a thousand years. 
and a thousand years like a day. And so we're two days in to this post-war effort, but there's still battles being fought. And how it is that we can claim victory in Christ and how it is that we can get through what it is that we're dealing with and not be consumed with the spiritual warfare that's taking place around us, how we cannot be consumed with that stuff, well, is what we're gonna be talking about. And for us to understand how it is that we can again claim that victory, we have to go back to the Genesis. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives, and we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. We have to go back to the beginning. We have to find out how all of this started. In the same way, if you want to understand how we got to where we're at right now on the war on terror, you really got to go back to 9-11 and understand what happened there and how we responded to it and everything that took place around that. And when you understand that, you begin to understand where we're at right now in the war on terror. So what was the genesis of this spiritual warfare that we're under now, into now? Well, we're going to pick up in Isaiah chapter 14. And it's in Isaiah 14 that we go back to ground zero for where all of this began. And this is what it says there. And we're, we don't understand everything that brought us to this place, why there's two kingdoms. We don't have all of the background story. And I'm going to get a little teachy here, and we're going to dig deep into the scriptures. But that's okay. This is what makes us strong as believers in Christ. The more that you are equipped with what is happening in like the book of Isaiah chapter 14. I mean, if that doesn't make you strong as a Christian, I don't know what will. So we're going to dig in here and then we're going to go to Ezekiel 28 if Isaiah 14 isn't enough for you. Is Isaiah chapter 14, this is what it says. Oh, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star. And the star is an allusion to angel. How you have fallen, angel, son of dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, and what, he is, what God is referring to here is actually a man known as Lucifer, that we know of as Satan, as the devil, okay? And he is saying, the reason that you have fallen, O morning star, is because, the reason you've fallen is because of what was in your heart. Because so much of what happens to you starts in your heart. The devil isn't exploiting things that are going on outside of you necessarily. What the devil wants to leverage against you and me is what is in our hearts. And this issue, these kingdoms 
that we experience now, it started in his heart. You said in your heart, I will. On the count of three, let's say I will. It's kind of re-engaging you here. One, two, three. I will. Okay, I will. This is what he says. I will ascend to the heavens. Now here's the deal. Satan was already in heaven. So what's he saying here? He's wanting to take over heaven. He doesn't want to just be there. He's going to take this thing over. And I will raise my throne above the stars of God. The stars, again, are in reference to other angels. Now, there were a few ruling angels, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But what he's saying here is, is that he was the first among equals. But that's not good enough for him. He wants to be the first above all things, even God. And so he wants to raise his throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. He says, I will. There's five I will statements that are here. And we're on the third one. So he wants his throne to replace God's throne. And then he says, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. The cloud in the Bible is in reference to God's glory. So he says, I want my glory to be greater than your glory. And I will make myself where it all leads to like the Most High, like God. But then God says, even though this was in your heart, and even though this was your ambition and your dream, it is that thing that without me has brought you down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. And what we have to understand, if you believe in Jesus, and what you have to understand, if you don't believe and Jesus is this, is that we have what theologians would say is a adamic nature, which means that we have a sinful nature. But there's also a part of this, if you really want to peel back the layers, that that adamic nature, it started with a satanic nature. Like so many of the issues that we have began with Satan. And then Satan tempted Adam and Eve, and they ate of the fruit, and then all of that has come to us from there. But it all began with Satan. And he's much worse than any of us. Like now we have a great tempter. He didn't have anybody tempting him. He didn't have anybody giving him bad ideas. He just came up with it on his own. It's awful. It's terrible. But he wanted to be like God. And we have that same temptation. The temptation is this, is again, to want to be like God. Now, I know you aren't saying that. 99.9% .9 of people have enough sense to say, I am not. They're, they know, they're no better than to say, I am God. We know that we are not God, but here's the thing. When we function in an environment in which we resist authority, and we're fighting against authority, and we know what's best, and we want to be the one that's lifted up, we want to be the one that's elevated. That's whenever we're starting to tap more into Satan's kingdom than, our, than God's kingdom. And that's what Satan did. It's like whenever you're in an environment, you're in a workplace environment, and you don't like your boss, you don't like your supervisor, and you can't stand them, and they're not smart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We can go on down the line. And you try to force them out of their position because you can do such a better job, or I can do such a better job. Like, we're not functioning the way that God wants us to function. Now, there may be authority put in place that can remove that person. And obviously, I'm not talking about if somebody's being immoral or illegal or they're doing things that are illegal. That's totally different. But in that moment, whenever you can submit yourself and I can submit myself to authority figures, even though we may not like them or agree with them, there's, 
There is, there is godliness in that. Now you may say, Phil, I don't have any of this satanic nature stuff that you're talking about in me. You're crazy. You don't know what you're saying. I'm telling you, there's a part of you and there's a part of me that wants to be lifted up high. And I'm going to tell you exactly how you know it. Who, whenever you look at, whenever you have a family photo taken, who is the first person you look at? You look at you, right? Because you want to look good. I want to look good. All right, I was even doing this with my wife. We don't get too many family photos, but not long ago, I was sitting there with my wife and we had had a photo that we were able to take. And, and I said, I don't think that's a good picture. And the reason I didn't think it was a good picture for our family is because it wasn't a good picture for me. And the reason it wasn't good for we is it wasn't good for me because my hand was doing something like this and it just wasn't a good photo. And she said, this is a great photo. And she thought it was a great photo, not because of her, but the kids were all looking at the camera. They were smiling. You could actually see their teeth, which is an incredible accomplishment for any family, especially with four kids. So they all look at the camera and I'm saying, that's not, a good cam that's not a good photo, but the reason I said that is because I want to I look good. I want to be lifted up. And that's, again, a little piece of that nature, that residual effect that's still with us today. And so for Satan, that's what he was, that was his deal. That's what it was that he was struggling, struggling with there. And our response to all of this is simple, that if you want to be in a place where you don't think you're God, and you aren't always trying to take control, and you're going to battle this temptation the right way, it's simply this. It's a daily dependence declaration. One of the things that Satan struggled with the most was the fact that he was dependent. He was the created. You are created. I am created. We are all dependent on God. No matter what it is that we say, no matter what it is that we think, no matter how much we have accomplished, we're all dependent on God. And when we can do what Jesus told us to do in Matthew chapter 6, simply Start every day just with this simple prayer. It's, and you all have heard it before. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, not mine, yours. Your will be done, not mine, yours. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today. Here it is. Give us today our daily bread. It's just an acknowledgement that we get through it by simply declaring my, our dependence, our dependence on God. It's that simple. And Satan wouldn't do it. And it led to his downfall. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast.
Here's another aspect of all this that led to his downfall. Now we're going we're gonna to finish in Isaiah 14, verse 11, and then we're going to jump over to Ezekiel 28. This is what it says in Isaiah 14, again, verse 11. It says, All your pomp has been brought down to the grave, along with the noise of your harps. Now we're going to put a little pen in it right there. Harps is in reference to stringed instruments that were within Satan. All right, now we're going to go to Ezekiel 28. But before we do that, we've got to understand here at Ezekiel 28, we're going to learn about a guy named the king of Tyre. Often in the Bible, there is a spirit that is behind certain people that is leading and guiding them. Some would even say there's a spirit possessing some of them. And that is absolutely the case, going to be the case with the king of Tyre. We find another example of this in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus is saying, I'm going to go to the cross, I'm going to die for all of your sins. And then Peter steps up and says, no, Jesus, you're not going to die. I'm not going to let that happen. Nobody's going to take you down. Nobody's going to take my Lord from me. And what did Jesus say? He said, get behind me, Satan. And that's a, as a little caveat to our message today, that is a really important reason why we should be very cautious about dismissing things that people say God has put on their heart. Because just, that's what we do. Somebody will say, man, I just feel like God wants me to talk to this person. God wants me to serve in this way. He wants me to give back in this way. He wants me to go on this mission trip. And then we're talking to a friend of ours or somebody else, and we're saying, I don't know how I'm going to work this out. I just don't have any margin. Like any of us have any margin. I mean, come on now. Nobody has any margin around here. And, we're, and we'll say these different, we'll have this kind of a conversation, and we'll say this is what we feel like God wants us to do, but then we, some, we'll, somebody else will hear that and they'll say, well, maybe God doesn't want you to do that. But how do you know? And I've just learned, I've learned through enough of those conversations not to dismiss what it is they feel like, somebody feels like God wants them, somebody, something that somebody feels like God wants them to do. I've learned not to dismiss that, and I've learned to say, you know what? Maybe God does want you to do that. So how can I help you? And then how can we figure this out? And then, man, good stuff happens. God's stuff happens. And then we know we're aligned with more with God's kingdom. And so there's this spirit that, is going to be, that we're going to read about that's behind the king of Tyre. We're going to pick up again in verse 11 there. The word of the Lord came to me, being Ezekiel, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection. So this is past tense, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. I mean, this king of Tyre guy has really got it going on. Or maybe he's talking about somebody else. You were in Eden, he said. Now, we know that there were only four people in Eden. There was God, there was Adam, there was Eve, and there was Satan. So it's got to be one of those people that were in Eden, not the king of Tyre. So this is the spirit of the king, the spirit that is behind the king of Tyre that's being spoken to. The garden of God, every precious stone adorned to you. And then you can read about these stones later. For those of you that are in that, we'll jump ahead. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. Now, it sounds like they're talking about brackets, but they're actually talking about what's inside of Satan. The settings is in reference to a percussion instrument. The mountings, if you dig into the Hebrews, is in reference to a wind instrument. We'll get to that in a moment. 
were made of gold on the day you were created. They were prepared, and so God created Satan with these instruments inside of him. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, which is just another way to say angel. For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked along among the fiery stones. What he's saying here is, is that Satan, you had everything available to you but my throne. Adam and Eve, you had everything available to you but the tree of the, of, of the fruit of good and evil. You had everything available to you except that other woman or that other man. You had everything available to you, more than enough money to get you by. Why did you have to steal that? Why did you have to take, you see what I'm saying? God gives us parameters in his kingdom that are there for our benefit. And he says, you had everything available to you. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Again, getting back to the heart. The sin that's in you. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.